The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. It is 4.07 on the Central Coast on this Friday, January 20th, 2023. I'm Dave Congleton. Thanks for joining us. Uh, still to come on this broadcast, during the 5 o'clock hour, we'll have our Friday night open line. Craig and I will sit here and take your phone calls. Whatever you want to talk about is fine. Special treat at 6.05. We have an episode with the late, great King Harris, who is going to talk about uh, his history with KVEC and tell some stories about this radio station. The folks from Caltrans will be with us on Monday. It is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. This hour, I want to talk about uh, Cal Poly. Some of you know that I spent about a decade in the academic trenches. As a student, I had both the quarter system and the semester system. As a faculty member, I had both the quarter system and the semester system. As you are about to learn and be reminded of, Cal Poly is in the process of flipping over from quarters to semesters. I believe it's tentatively supposed to start in 2025-2026. We have reached out to longtime faculty member Dr. Sarah Bridger, associate professor of history and tenured, I might add, who's been at Cal Poly for more than a decade, for her to explain what's going on and the pros and cons of the system. Why am I talking? Dr. Bridger is with us. Hi, doctor. How are you? Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in. What was your reaction when you heard the news about going to semesters? Well, it's kind of interesting. I I got to Cal Poly in the fall of 2011, and a couple years uh, after I arrived there, there was an effort uh, so this is a, almost exactly 10 years ago for Cal Poly potentially to transition to semesters. And uh, this was an effort to kind of standardize across the whole CSU to have all the campuses on the same semester system. And so Cal Poly at that time had a whole bunch of listening sessions and they pulled the students yeah. um, and pulled the faculty. And I had only ever attended semester system universities, and so that's what I was used to. And so being on the quarter system was new to me, and I was kind of agnostic, I guess, as to which way Cal Poly went. And I was really surprised that overwhelmingly, back in 2013, the campus wanted to stay on quarters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so I felt like, you know, I don't want to stand in the way of the the will of the people here. Um, and so at that time, it, it wasn't set in stone that Cal Poly had to transition. It had, it had seemed that way, but yeah. there was such a strong uh, outcry on campus, including from students who, who said you know, they really loved the quarter system. A lot of them said that was the reason why they went to Cal Poly or, really? or one of the reasons why they did. Um, and so that whole transition effort basically got put on hold. Um, and so it was only uh, in the past year or two we had a new chancellor come in, um, that this transition kind of re- got restarted. Um, and so I was kind of surprised. I was wondering if it would be a replay of 10 years ago where the whole you know campus would be queried. But instead, it was just sort of a top-down decision. There weren't the same – it wasn't the same process of listening sessions. And, um, and so it seems like pretty much a done deal. This is going to happen. That's, that's yeah. how it seems. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, my own personal view – it 
if it, if it was a totally kind of abstract choice between quarters and semesters, I still feel kind of agnostic. I've gotten used to teaching on the quarter system, um, but I enjoyed uh, being on the semester system. And as for well. the lay person listening, what's the basic difference between semesters and quarters? Yeah, that's a good, a great mm-hmm. question. The quarter system basically it's three terms. Uh, fall, winter, spring, and then a summer term. And each one of those terms is about 10 weeks plus some additional time for final exams and, and grades and all of that. Um, a semester system divides the academic year into two pieces, so two 15-week semesters as opposed to three 10-week quarters. Um, and so it means that a student under the quarter system would be taking a larger number of classes, but each class is shorter in duration. Whereas the semester system, each class lasts longer. Each class would last about 15 weeks. But it also means that under a semester system, you're going to be going from late August until sometime in May, as opposed to the current system of mid-September to sometime in June. Yeah, so that's typically how it works out. It's the same number of class days, more or less, in each system, but they're divided up in different ways. And then, yeah, as you say, traditionally the calendar has shifted ahead a little bit for the quarter. So we at Cal Poly usually go from mid to late September uh, to mid, mid-June. mid Faculty I've spoken with over the years have told the story of Warren Baker refusing to shift to semesters. And he was able to get away with it because he's Warren Baker or was Warren Baker, and this is Cal Poly, the crown jewel of the CSU system. And he did not want to make the switch, and they left him alone. Then Armstrong, who I respect, comes on, and the chancellor's like, you will do this. Well, you know, I have to say, I, I arrived, my time at Cal Poly is, is exactly identical to Armstrong, so I yeah, was never okay. there in the Baker era. You came as um, part of the team, your package. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and But I would say that the, at least the first part of Armstrong's tenure was a continuation. So that mm-hmm. effort back in 2013, uh, our, our campus managed to resist this big push for standardization. Um, but now uh, it seems kind of that that period has come to an end. And so a lot of this came from uh, our previous Chancellor Castro, who really wanted to implement this system. And now he's not even in that position anymore. But Is is that the guy that's trying to come here? That's right. So I know you've had a whole other show about uh, that that separate issue. But so this was, I think, um, I mean, I don't have an an intimate behind the scenes understanding, but my my impression is that this was something that he really wanted to get done, and it looks like it's going to happen, even though he's no longer in that position. So Cal Poly is the last CSU to make the transition. In 2013, there were five that went from quarters to semesters. But my understanding, Dr. Bridger, is that most UCs are on the quarter system. That's right. It's it's a flip of what we have here. So almost all the UCs, I think Merced and Berkeley, are the only two campuses um, uh, that aren't on the quarter system. So they have a kind of reverse reverse system there. So, you know, there is a, a, an example out there of a system that isn't completely uniform, where you have campuses on two different systems um, and where you have students who are succeeding on a quarter quarter campus and students succeeding on a semester campus. I don't know what extent you're involved in faculty or university governance, but do you have any sense of the preparation it takes to make such a transition? It's a huge amount of preparation. Really? Okay. And, and so that's what we're all working on now. Uh, every single major and minor program has to be remade 
um, because the classes look different. So there's a difference between what you can cover in a 10-week class versus a 15-week class. You know, in the history department where I teach, we have, in some cases, you know, three quarter-long class sequences. So are those going to become two semester-long classes? If so, those classes have to be remade. But the number of classes that students take, that also changes. So that means how many classes do we require for the history major? We have to rethink that whole process. So Every, and then teaching those classes eventually, the syllabus is going to have to change. The assignments are changed. So there's a huge amount of work just on the department level to remake what constitutes a history major at Cal Poly under semesters. So what happens to those students who start on the quarter system, say, for two years, and then all of a sudden it's going to go to semesters? How yeah. are the credits converted how are the major requirements converted? Yes. Or is that to be determined? Yeah, so that's something that we're all working on now to, to kind of figure out, are, do there, will there have to be a small add-on course here or there? How are we going to make that transition work? Um, but in terms of the workload for faculty, there's a huge amount of work uh, that it takes for this transition. And that's just the faculty. Then the registrar's office and you know all of these other different scheduling platforms, all of that has to be updated. Um, so that's a big ordeal. That, that's why we're talking about this now, even though the start date for semesters isn't uh, for another couple of years. And then it trickles down even to like the IT people. Exactly. The work's on them, too. Exactly. All hands on deck. All right, Dr. Sarah Bridger is on this broadcast, Associate Professor of History at Cal Poly. Nice enough to come in and explain to us what is happening as Cal Poly shifts away from the quarter system to the semester system. More to come straight ahead on AM 920, FM 96.5 News Talk, KVEC. This is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show, where we are in conversation with Dr. Sarah Bridger, Associate Professor of History. She has been at Cal Poly since 2011. We should also note that she is the secretary of the Cal Poly chapter of the California Faculty Association. That's right. Have they taken a, they must, have they taken a position on this? Um, so the RCFA chapter has put out a statement um, that's not so much for or against the transition to semesters. That seems like that at this point is pretty much inevitable. Um, but we have put out a statement about our concerns regarding workload for faculty on the other side of this transition. Um, so thinking about how many classes uh, would a faculty member be teaching at one time. Right now, uh, the kind of default, there's, there's variability, but the sort of standard teaching load is that a faculty member would teach three courses per quarter, and then we also do service work and we do research work. Um, and so there's concern, some concern, what, what would that look like on the other side? On a semester system, would faculty be teaching four courses per semester? In which case, we'd have a lot more students simultaneously. We'd have, yeah. uh, you know, diminished opportunity to really work individually with students. Um, and so we're a little bit worried about the, the, the prospect that might erode the quality of education at Cal Poly. Who decides that? Who's going to make that decision about course load? So that decision comes from the provost's office. Um, and so right now, I think she's working through a lot of issues and trying to come up with a proposal uh, that we're all sort of anxiously waiting to hear uh, yeah. what her, her vision is. But so in the meantime, uh, you know, CFA has made it known that we're thinking through these issues and we're really looking to try to make sure that faculty have a reasonable workload, that we're being compensated for the work that we do adequately, um, and that students' educational experience is not going to be diminished on the other side of this transition. And, of course, all of this is, of course, uh, coming on the tailwinds of COVID and everything that you and your colleagues and all the students went through for the last couple of years. 
Yeah. So, you know, it's been a really exhausting past few years. Uh, and I think this transition is continuing kind of this extra burden and workload that faculty are dealing with. Um, so, you know, I think we're all hoping at the very least that on the other end of this, there'll be, uh, you know, a, a really reasonable, equitable, uh, good system in place that preserves Cal Poly's excellent education. On the Stolberg Tatum text line, listener writes, I've got my associate degree from a community college on the semester system and enjoyed it greatly. When I came to Cal Poly, I felt like I was being rushed through. It seemed to me it was all about them making money instead of student learning. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because my, I'm not, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of the entire UC system or every, every campus, but my understanding is that the UC system, uh, has kind of switched back and forth from being mostly one system, mostly another. And some of the earlier justifications for these transitions had to do with, you know, the number of classes that a student could take or how financially efficient it would might be, uh, it might be. And, and it's interesting. I mentioned that 10 years ago, there were these listening sessions at Cal Poly and some of the things that students said about the quarter system, uh, or exactly as your, your listener just texted, um, that it can feel really rushed, uh, and can be kind of stressful. Some students found that exhausting. Those are, you know, the minority of students maybe who are interested in the semester transition. A lot of students said they thrived on that system. They found it really? exhilarating and exciting and they liked that they could take a wide variety of courses, um, and that it felt intense and exciting. So, you know, I think it become, it has become in the past a, a draw factor for Cal Poly where students who are excited at the prospect of quarters came to Cal Poly, um, in a way, they could take a whole bunch of different kinds of classes uh, that changes the character of, of their education. But I think that the viewpoint expressed by your listener is one that I've, I've also heard that it can feel like you're rushing through things at kind of a breakneck speed. All right, Dr. S- uh, Sarah Bridger on this broadcast talking about the upcoming shift from quarters to semesters at Cal Poly. Sandra calls in on KVEC. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Dave. Hi, Sandra. Hi. Um, so... I graduated from a community college, and, uh, you know, I experienced both uh, systems. I, I experienced the semester system as well as, like, the short-term, uh, you know, classes in the summers, which are very, uh, you know, busy. You have to, you know, pack a lot of information in a shorter period of time. I have to say I I think that there is benefits to both of them, but, I, I you know, as a busy uh, person, I really appreciated the shorter terms, like just get it done and get it over with. So I think that there is benefits to, to everything, and I think that people will adjust and find their own uh, what works best for them. Doctor? Yeah, I, that, that's a nice attitude. I, I mean, I agree that there are advantages and disadvantages. Or, you know, there are different strengths and weaknesses to both systems. I think uh, when I think about what I can cover in my own classes, um, I often teach the U.S. history survey. So U.S. history, 1865, basically to the present. It's a huge amount of content to cover in 10 yeah. weeks. And I sometimes worry we're sort of doing, you know, greatest hits of U.S. history yeah, and yeah. the students don't have time to digest what we're learning. And so when I think about teaching that in a 15-week term on a semester, that's really appealing to me. But then I also hear from students, again, this kind of sense of exhilaration of getting exposed to all kinds of different things, getting to take a whole bunch of different kinds of history classes. Um, so, you know, I, I certainly see how, uh, why students might find that appealing. Sandra, what else? Well, you know, the other thing I think that, you know, we may perhaps need to think outside the box. You know, there is a, maybe it's not a one-size-fits-all. Maybe, 
you know, people can come up with different, uh, you know, maybe people will want to go faster. They should have the option of, like, saying, hey, here is the material we're going to be covering. If you want to go faster, like, here it is. You can turn in your work and get it done faster. I mean, is that something that perhaps people could do? Don't they call that independent study, doctor? Yeah, I mean, you could do that. And in fact, the, the Cal Poly, at least the current planning for the semester system does leave, uh, some op- possible options for sort of mini mesters or kind of smaller, uh, more concentrated courses. And there's also, um, you know, some room for summer courses that might be of different durations. So there, there is possible. I mean, the, the kind of standard would be the semester length term, but within that system, it's possible to have, um, some shorter term studies that students could do. All right, Sandra, thank you. Hasn't the COVID experience re- reshaped our thinking about the four year college experience? Or are you just going back to the way things were? Um, you know, or is it too early to tell? I, that I'm not sure how to think about that question exactly. I think okay. certainly at Cal Poly, COVID has opened up, uh, you know, exploration into online teaching, asynchronous classes, even where, you know, the material is all there online and students have some flexibility in the pace at which they move through it. Um, and that maybe gets to something that your caller was mentioning. Um, but I think Cal Poly still would really like to have, you know, a four or five year graduation rate where, you know, most students are moving through the process in this fairly traditional way. I haven't seen any evidence that that has been totally upended by COVID, but remains to be seen. On the Stolberg Tatum text line, we are being reminded by a listener that Cal Poly used to have semesters and then they changed to quarters. You're a historian. Do you know anything about the history? I, I have to say, I don't know exactly how that history worked. As I mentioned, you know, that, that has been the case at many campuses where, you know, back in the 1960s, I think there were a bunch of UCs that were switching from one system to another. And I don't know the exact dates at which Cal Poly has moved from one system to another, but that's not surprising to me at all. All right. Uh, let us, uh, well, here, we got one more text on the Stolberg Tatum text line. Uh, the use, the idea that semesters will be less busy is completely false. They will have the same instructional time for all content. Otherwise, the graduation requirements will be cut. A one-quarter class will not expand to fit a semester. It will just be three-quarter classes divided into two semesters. Well, that's the issue. As I mentioned, that's exactly what our departments are trying to figure out right now. How do we preserve the essence of a Cal Poly history major when the duration of classes is going to look different? How do we divide up things like in a history class where you might have, you know, a chronological sequence of classes? So world history up to a certain date, world history from this date to the next date, world history up to the present. We teach something like that in a three quarter long sequence. How do we fix that uh, so that it becomes a semester system that students can use to, to fulfill graduation requirements for their major. We're in conversation with Dr. Sarah Bridger from Cal Poly. News, traffic, weather, more of our conversation, your phone call straight ahead. Stay with us on KVEC. And just remember, sometime between now and 7 o'clock, we've got one last pair of free tickets to give away to see Ringo Starr at Vena Robles in June. I would stick around.
All right, if you're just joining us, our guest is Dr. Sarah Bridger. She is the Associate Professor of History at Cal Poly. She's been there since 2011. She's also Secretary of the Cal Poly Chapter of the California Faculty Association, here to explain to us what Cal Poly is trying to do and why they're doing it as they make the shift from quarters to semesters. If you want in on the conversation, feel free to join us, 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Let's go to Jim in Los Osos on KVEC. Hi, Jim. Hi, you guys. Hi. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jim. So I can't think of one positive thing for students to go to semesters. I've been at Cal Poly since 1981, and the big big advantage of quarters for, I can only speak for engineering students, is the breadth that you get when you're on the quarter system. Not only the breadth in our major classes, we have the breadth in the classes that we take within our college, and of course, the breadth in which we take GE classes. And the other thing, especially for engineering students, and when you speak of GE, I've been a big supporter of general education, and I think it's way to the advantage for engineering students to be in a Shakespeare class for 10 weeks as opposed to... 15 weeks and to take a whole variety of those classes. In addition, when people talk about the speed of the quarter system, what they're really saying is there's no time to fluff off. I did my undergraduate on the semesters and, you know, after 12 weeks you like had it. So I don't understand that. And employers tell us that Cal Poly students are hitting the ground running that they've been on quarters and there's no time to screw around and they get to work and they're in the same work mode. So I see absolutely no advantage to students on a semester system. Doctor, respond to that, please. Yeah, I mean, I think, as I mentioned, that that is a, a, a really strong argument for the quarter system. And I agree with Jim's point that Students at Cal Poly now get a chance to take a wide variety of classes, um, and I teach a lot of general education history classes, um, and I, I can see the value of that in my own teaching. Um, and I would add that there are also internship opportunities um, where being on the quarter system, students have in some ways more flexibility for different kinds of internships. I know some of our ag students can do internships that are pegged to different seasons of yeah, the year, and yeah, things. Yeah. so so that's an advantage. Um, and I also wanted to to come back to something one of the previous callers talked about, talked, saying that you know the semester system can also be hectic as well. Um, and I do think that's true, and it, and it goes back to one of those workload issues that I mentioned that if you have faculty who are really stretched thin on a semester st- system, you know teach a whole uh, a larger number of students simultaneously uh, that also is going to kind of contribute to that sense of, of a hectic sensibility hmm. uh, Jim why wasn't there more faculty resistance to this idea well I can think of some advantages for faculty so for example on the quarter system when you take a full sabbatical you get 10 weeks off on the semester system you take a full sabbatical you get 15 weeks off ah. that's an example for myself personally, I'm now in the FERP program, so I teach half-time. So it takes me now 22 weeks to get in my half-time. If we went to semesters, I'd make the same amount of money in 16 weeks. So there's a lot of advantages for me. But I'm happy to do the quarters and forego the extra money per hour, if that's how you want to think about it, because I know it's better for students. And in my career, I spent most of my time doing 
classes that are, quote, service classes. So I teach a variety of, of different majors in ME. And I love to start my class and just tell them, well, I know you CEs don't want to be in this class, but, you know, it's just 10 weeks. Treat me like a bad date. At the end of 10 weeks, <laughs> drop me off. You don't have to kiss me goodnight, and it's over. <laughs> so I can even imagine doing 15 weeks with students that really don't want to be in the class. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's funny. I, I have to say, I, I don't necessarily think about my classes like that as a potential bad date. Um, but yeah, you know, I think uh, there are just a lot of changes that are going to happen. So yeah, what would a sabbatical look like? A one-quarter sabbatical versus a, a semester sabbatical? That's one issue. I, you know, my impression is that probably a lot of faculty would have preferred to stay on the quarter system. That was really clearly expressed 10 years ago when there actually was a formal process to solicit feedback from faculty. That really didn't happen this time around. So there hasn't been an outlet for faculty to, to convey, you know, on the issue of, of semesters or not to weigh in on that question. We've been, you know, instead given this process where we can try to figure out exactly how we're going to transition and, you know, opine on what we hope things look like on the other side of it. But I think a lot of faculty have put in years of effort to put together really compelling 10-week quarter-long classes and have put together major and minor programs. Um, and, you know, I think people are invested in maintaining that system. As, you know, 10 years ago, a lot of people said, if it's not broke, why fix it? Yeah. And I think that that's still an argument that's in the back of people's heads, even though it looks pretty inevitable that we're going to transition. Jim, anything else you want to say? Yeah, so things have really changed. When I came to Cal Poly, you know, teaching was primary, and research you did kind of on your own. And the way we set up Cal Poly was Monday, Wednesday, Friday is when we did lecture classes, and Tuesday, Thursday is when we did labs. In my department, our students, when they're done, have taken 15 laboratories. There isn't any place I know of that even comes close to that number. But then when we went to the four-unit class, then all of a sudden, people were teaching Tuesday, Thursday, and then students figured out they could have their schedule Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and they did it. And what happens is, you know, they just check out comes Thursday afternoon. They got a three-day so weekend. Yeah, four, yeah. a four-day weekend. Yeah. They don't have Monday either. And oh, so, you know, either. the emphasis yeah. on learning as a primary thing at Cal Poly, I think, is lost 20 years ago, quite frankly. All right, Jim, thanks for checking in. You've only been here 11, so you can't comment on that. I'll yeah. save you. you got yeah. tenure. Well, you want to comment. Well, so. no, I would say that, I mean, the issue of scheduling is a complicated issue. And one thing that I found on the quarter system is that I, I have a different schedule every quarter, and it's a little bit hard for me to settle into my own kind of life rhythms when I'm teaching on different days at different hours. Um, so maybe something compelling about the semester system is that it, it does let people kind of settle into a rhythm. Um, I think Jim might be skeptical. I think he likes the idea of having this sort of, you know, hard driving, uh, quarter where students are really kind of maximizing their, their engagement with their course. Um, and, you know, I, I can see the merits of that argument as well. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. If you want to join in the conversation with Dr. Sarah Bridger from Cal Poly, as she explains the upcoming transition, the ongoing transition at Cal Poly from the quarter system to the semester system. According to this texter on the Stolberg Tatum text line, the year was 1960 when they went from semesters to quarters. 
That sounds plausible to me. I know that there was a transition in the UCs in the 1960s, so it does seem like that maybe was an era when uh, you know these these academic schedules were being revisited. Also on the Stolberg Tatum text line, when the conversion was announced, President Armstrong said it would save money. Has he ever provided evidence of any school saving money by converting? Has he identified any administration jobs that will be made unnecessary by the conversion? Yeah, that's a tough question. And that's something that uh, the CFA, our, our union chapter, would really like to get some greater transparency and more information about what the budgeting for all of this looks like. Um, and we're also reaching out to other campuses that have made this transition over the past 10 years or so to see what the costs were, what the workload looked like for faculty on the other side of things. Um, you know, a, a really dangerous and negative outcome would be uh, for faculty workload to be increasing on the other side of this with uh, stagnant compensation um, as a way to offset, you know, some of the costs of this transition. I think, in theory, it sounds plausible that if you have a whole system where everybody's on the same schedule, you know, the entire Cal State system is on the same schedule, there would be some efficiencies somewhere. But I have not seen, you know, actual numbers to convey what that would look like and what that would mean for our campus. But Cal Poly was always supposed to be special. We were supposed to be different than the traditional CSU schools. That was the argument that was made 10 years ago, and it yeah. seemed at the time to be a winning argument that, you know, it is, I probably, lots of other campuses in the CSU like to think that they're actually the crown jewel of the CSU system. But, you know, Cal Poly does have a big endowment. We are, uh, you know, a very selective school in terms of ad admissions. We do have some special status there. Um, and I think we were able to use that to our advantage to stay on this quarter system. And, and a lot of those elements that Jim mentioned about, you know, engineering students getting to take a lot of different kinds of engineering classes and graduating with this breadth and diversity of experience and having the liberal arts general education, that's compelling to employers. Um, and, you know, I think that is something that's worth bringing up. At this point, I can't see uh, that there's going to be a, a, a backtracking on this decision to convert to semesters, though. Well, with Dr. Castro coming here, apparently to teach in the spring. Right. He may say, I've changed my mind now that I'm a faculty member. I just want to teach on the quarter system. Well, Be too late, though. We'll see. All right. We'll come back for a final segment with Dr. Bridger. I'm Dave Congleton on AM 920 FM 96.5 News Talk KVEC. All right, we are in our final segment with Dr. Sarah Bridger from Cal Poly, where she teaches history. She's also a secretary of the Cal Poly chapter of the California Faculty Association. Nice enough to join us to explain what's happening at Cal Poly with this ongoing transition from the quarter system to the semester system. Let's take another call. Lisa joins us in Arroyo Grande. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Dave. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Lisa. Good to be chatting with you all. For those of you who don't know, I'm the chapter president for CFA San Luis Obispo chapter. And I'm just calling in to say, you know, great job, Sarah. And also talk about, you know, it, it's not really a, a question of whether we're going to switch. We've already been given, you know, that command from above that we are switching. I think one of the things that hasn't been discussed a lot today has been um, the, how this is going to impact our faculty, staff, and students. And the fact that we're going to have more students Yes, it's the same amount of teaching time technically, but having 30 students in a class that will now go to 60 students or whatever the number is going to be, 
uh, you know, trying to grade that many papers in a single term, that's, that's going to put a, a huge difference on what we can do and how we, well we can do our jobs from what we've been doing and what makes Cal Poly very unique in this learn-by-doing system. Yeah, uh, thanks, Lisa, for raising that issue. And, and, you know, I mentioned this earlier that thinking about what this looks like from faculty on the other side, um, and this issue of workload. If I, uh, teach the U.S. history survey class that normally each section has about 50 people, um, so if I'm teaching two sections of that class and then maybe an upper division course, if on semesters I'm teaching three sections, all of a sudden, you know, 150 students taking the U.S. history survey plus maybe a graduate class, I'm the one, the only one reading and grading all of those papers. That teaching and learning experience is really dramatically changed. Um, if that, in fact, is what our workload is going to look like on the other side of things, the student experience is going to be the experience of getting less attention from their professors, um, you know. And the professor, on the other hand, then it's less, you know, individualized opportunity for individualized engagement with students. And so that's a real problem, in addition to all of the other service work and research and, and publication work that we're expected to do. Lisa, why is this happening? What's behind this transition, in your opinion? Well, my opinion might be greatly different from the truth, but, you know, um, Armstrong really had a different look on this when Castro came um, into the chancellorship. And since he's left, there hasn't been any change in, in what's going to happen. But it wasn't until Castro came in that Armstrong really changed his song about, you know, Cal Poly will stay on the quarter system. Then it was, no, we're going to go to semesters. And there really isn't room to, to change that. Um, and I guess what we're really looking at is we really need to take a better look at how this is going to impact our diverse group of students. We're trying to get in more um, lower-income, diverse students into Cal Poly. They're not going to have that same kind of attention that they would have on a quarter system because faculty will not be able to give it to them. You know, I was here... I think you were not here at that time, Dave, but, you know, when lecturers taught a full uh, load was five classes in a quarter, and yep. that was a lot. That when, when, is, I, when I was there, I was there 87, 88, I taught five classes a quarter. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't, I mean, and we had lower caps then, and I think that that is, you know, something for us to really um, consider if we're trying to be a Hispanic-serving institution, we know that... Um, you know, we're going to have to give more time and attention to those students that are coming in and the resources that are available. This is, and these are the, the issues that have not been addressed in this transition to semesters. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, what Lisa's talking about here. We, you know, if it is, in fact, inevitable that we're making this transition, then we need to make sure that the system in place on the other side of this transition is as equitable as possible. We need to make sure that students are still able to get the attention that they need. Um, and so that's where I think, you know, in, in terms of a, a snapshot of where we are in local campus politics, I think we're all kind of waiting for the provost's office to give us a sense of what the you know teaching distributions and all that are going to look like on the other side of this transition, but it's a, it's a really major concern and it shapes uh, the quality of education at Cal Poly. Lisa, anything else you want to say? 
Um, yeah, one more thing would be that, you know, the CSU really took a lot of time in, in crafting what it was that we were going to be doing in our system, that we were going to be focused on teaching, um, that we really wanted students to have a lower student-to-professor ratio. Those things are all important, and that's going to just be obliviated, as we've seen at the other campuses that have transitioned. Um, people just aren't able to do that kind of job that they were able to do on the quarter system. And um, there needs to be some sort of compensation and attention to how we're going to make up this work. They've been asking us to do more with less, more with less, more with less. Well, you know what? We're at the popping point now, and we're about to explode. You can't keep asking people to do more with nothing. Lisa, thanks so much for calling in. Appreciate it very much. If you want in on this conversation, Dr. Bridger, we need to hear from you now, please. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. As we discuss Cal Poly moving from a quarter system to a semester system. But that's a good point that Lisa infers. What's the impact on class size? I mean, that remains to be seen. So one of the things that we've done in CFA is to reach out to other campuses. So we're the last campus now to, to transition. Uh, and so we've tried to reach out to see what, it, what this process looked like at, at other campuses. And there's a lot of faculty discontent at other CSU campuses and, and coming out of this transition. And partly that's because the workload for professors on the other side of things has increased. Um, and that includes, you know, faculty teaching more simultaneous students. And at, mm-hmm. and at campuses where faculty have tried to kind of teach fewer classes and make their workload seem on some, in some ways more reasonable, the classes, the class size itself, the standard class sizes in some places has increased. So there are a lot of repercussions that we really need to think very, very carefully about. All right. Let's go to Mark in San Luis. Hi, Mark. Hi. I, I preferred Hi. the quarterly system because, you know, if you had, you could take more classes, but if you had a difficult class, it's, it's 10 weeks. You could put your head down, and you were done with it. You were out on the other side, so you could work really hard. It, it worked well for me coming from Cuesta years ago. I, I thought the quarterly, uh, you were more involved. You, you didn't have a choice because, of you know, the first week you were 10% done. The teacher reminded us that every week, and you were 20% done on the second week and so forth. So it, it kept us engaged. But my question is, is it, this is the president when he came in he hired a large number of administrators is that correct like 28 or 30 and he gave the existing ones a raise is that a correct statement yeah and you know cal poly is not unique um in expanding administration uh that's a trend that's happening across public and private universities across the country and i think there's a lot of frustration with that for faculty um, if we think back to, you know, the nuts and bolts of teaching, somebody is in a classroom working directly with students, that should be, you know, the real priority of universities. And so there has been a big expansion um, in administrators. And, yeah, you know, CFA across the CSU has been looking at things like administrative hiring, administrative salaries. Armstrong just got a gigantic raise that's, you know, the equivalent of the entire annual salary of, of some Cal Poly really? employees. So there is a lot of frustration there. You know, we do need some administration uh, to function, but thinking really carefully about what our priorities are and how that translates into hiring, I think that's a really crucial issue. What else, Mark? I think the New York Times did an article on the overhead now in these colleges, and it's it's costing additional up to 30 to 35 percent of cost that may not be needed. And, uh, and bear in mind, these administrators now have their own lobbyists in Sacramento. 
Great show. Thank you. All right, Mark, thanks for calling in on the Stolberg Tatum text line. I'll condense this down. Listener basically wants to know, uh, it seems like if more donors and alumni knew how people felt, it could have an impact in some way. I, I hope so. And, you know, Cal Poly, some of that administrative hiring has been Cal Poly hiring fundraisers. And we've built a lot of buildings on campus, um, but we also need to make sure that we're investing in teaching and learning. And, you know, I'd say there's some, some hard-nosed examination of administrative hiring that needs to take place, but we also need more state support. We're a public university, um, and you know, this is a value of the people of California. They want to have a robust public education system. We've seen that, um, you know, in, in previous measures that have been on the ballot. And increased state support would go a long way in helping us provide the kind of education that we need. So it uh, looks like the target date remains 2025-2026 will be the first year? That's, I mean, if, if things go smoothly, I think that's the, the plan. So when do we find out when you become professor? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I, as I was uh, telling you during the break, I have a whole lot of notes for a, another book that I'm writing on, but I probably need another sabbatical to put everything together. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Sarah Bridger, thank you so much for joining us. I got about 30 seconds for a final thought. Um, well, thanks again for having me on this show. I, I, I was curious to know whether the transition from quarters to semesters would be of interest to oh, your audience, yeah. and it clearly is. And, yeah. and, you know, I think it touches on a lot of fundamental issues of education and how we imagine an ideal public university education. And so my hope is that Cal Poly, uh, it looks inevitable that we're going to transition to semesters, but my hope is that we can do so in a way that is, you know, reasonable and preserves a high quality education for students. As both a student and a faculty member, I loved the quarter system. It was ideal. (laughs) But the semesters, it wasn't the end of the world. You know, life goes on. And this show goes on. Uh, Thank you so much, doctor. All right. Thanks for having me. Off we go. We got news and traffic and weather. And chances are pretty good you're going to have a shot to win free tickets to see Ringo Starr at Vina Robles. I would stick around. I'm Dave Congleton. Happy Pi Day. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.